0: I, uh, we're going to start a series uh, today. I'm going to kind of introduce the series, and maybe w- you'll consider this the introduction, and then uh, ne- maybe next week will be the full launch. Um, so it's going to be about relationships, and I'm calling it Amazing Relationships, because they're amazing, yet they're still a maze. In other words, uh, relationships are sort of what it's all about. And, um, and so we're going to have, um, we're going to have a bunch of uh, great topics. Uh, there's, a, uh, we're going to do the, use the teaching of a lady named Brene Brown. If you know Brene Brown on vulnerability, um, one of the most amazing life-changing concepts, honestly, that you will ever get your head into. And so you won't absolutely want to miss the, the week we do vulnerability, vulnerability is something that we avoid. I don't want to kind of preach her message for you, but uh, you won't want to miss this topic um, because it's counterintuitive. You think you want to not be vulnerable because you want to protect yourself, but what you do is you, instead you isolate yourself. And, uh, and speaking of isolation, we're going to talk about isolation. Uh, we're going to talk about communication. And uh, one Sunday, we're going to talk about romance. I'm calling it. Are you ready? Some of you guys are like, really? Like in the church? I'm calling it Song of Solomon Sunday. Huh? Yeah, it's in your Bible. It's in there. Um, and guess who's gonna guess who's gonna do it for us? Song and Stories with the Katinas. Song and Stories with the Katinas. All right. So they're gonna do Songs and Stories. Now, there's a reason I'm calling it Song of Solomon Sunday. Um, and it's for a few reasons, but it's all about romance and it's all about reality. And sometimes if you don't have romance and reality kind of, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Keep it real. All right. But so sometimes they just, people just want to throw out romance. Nope. It just got to be reality. I just got to get to work. Of course, I told you I loved you six years ago. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. All right. That's, that's too much reality. Are you with me? <laughs> Keep a little romance in there. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, you can't live just in fantasy land. You've got to live in reality. But I'm telling you, this is an important topic. And I'm going to hit you sideways with it. And the Katinas are going to do their Love Chapters CD for us on Sunday morning. All right? And you can't miss it. It's going to be a very special Sunday. Um, but anyway, I'll go into that later. So it's called Amazing Relationships. And uh, I want to start off today just sort of setting the table, if I can, a little bit as it relates to this. And um, have you thought about this? Like, it really is, it's relationships, people, our interactions that make us the happiest. Could you just say this is true? Like, the happiest moments of your life are your interactions with people that you love. I mean, please tell me it just wasn't you at a slot machine. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, now, Because some of you would say, well, no, no, I'm pretty sure that you know, money has a lot to do with being happy. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you had me $100, I'd put a smile on my face today. <laughs> Try me after service. Uh, but if you take the logic that it's about money or things or stuff to, it, to its extreme, just think of it this way. Um, So, well, I just have a nice car or a nice or You know, I'd really like to hit the next level. You know, I've done good in business, but I'd like to hit the next level and get the mega yacht. Did I jump a few levels for some of you guys? (laughs) You're like, yeah, I'd just like to pay my bill this weekend. (laughs) But let's just take it to the ultimate extreme and say you want the mega yacht. You want a 200-foot yacht. I was out on the West Coast one time, and uh, the co-founder of uh, Microsoft... Pulled his yacht into this tiny little harbor. It was so funny. You just see people scrambling all over the place. 200-foot yacht, right? And you have all these little dinghies and little 12-foot boats going around there. And when you, let's say you pull in in your yacht, but because you don't prioritize relationship, you prioritize things. Not only are you got your 200-foot yacht, but you're going to Monte Carlo, you know what I mean? You're going to the it of the it. But when you pull in, when you cruise. Oh, by the way, I, I should have mentioned: you don't have a cruise, so you have to drive it yourself. Because again, you're a jerk. I mean, I mean, not you're a jerk. I mean, you prioritize your stuff instead of people. So every time, has anybody ever had a conflict with another person? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I was wondering if I was connecting at all this morning. If you, uh, if you, if you. Can, if you have a conflict with people you, and, and you have enough resources, you can just throw them out of your life. Think? If you have enough resources, you can throw them out of your life. Get out. If you're related to them, if they work for you, if you work, doesn't matter. You have enough resources. I'm, you're not my boss anymore. I'm your boss. I'm buying your company. I can, You just keep throwing people out of your life. So on your big yacht, you're driving it first stressor. Then you've got to dock it. You ever seen someone try to dock a small boat, let alone a twenty-two hundred footer? So, and not only that, the minute you pull up in your yacht, everybody gets in their super yachts in Monte Carlo and exits the harbor. I mean, it turns into a ghost town overnight. In other words, what am I trying to say? How happy are you It's a party. It's like, yeah, this is the place I always wanted to go. Everybody goes here. This is the spot. You come in with your mega yacht. You bump a few docks because you, you know, and you get there and everyone's gone. I have to use the extreme to help you understand something that you don't get. And that's simple. Relationships are everything to happiness, not part everything it doesn't matter how much stuff you have if you don't have someone to share it with it doesn't matter how how far you've gone in life it doesn't matter how high you've climbed the ladder if you're alone you don't have relationship you literally don't have life so relationships not stuff make us happy is this true when you really think about it you think you know i guess that's true I've had a great time at a dumpy restaurant with a great friend. And I've had a lousy time at a nice restaurant with, hmm, so-and-so. No? Is this true? So relationships make us happy. Here's Here's the flip side of this. Relationships make us sad. This is also true. Would it also be true that some of the greatest pain in your life have been from relationships? Some of the deepest wounds, some of the greatest hurt, some of the strongest rejection? Wouldn't that also be true? So here's what we have to understand. Or maybe we'll start here. Ask the question, why? Why is that? Why is it that relationships bring us the greatest joy by far? And relationships bring us the greatest pain. I mean, for me, right, this is a relationship home run year for me, right? To get married, to have little Charlie, to have so much love and relationship. It's amazing feeling, so much happiness. And you know, you've also had periods in your life, and I have in mine, where you have the opposite, where people hurt you deeply. Why? I'm going to start at the beginning. Genesis 1, 26. God says, Let us make mankind in our image. We're going to say this verse together. Ready? Then God said, Let us make mankind in. What do you see in that verse? What do you see? What's sticking out? Our If I dare say, the word God is Elohim, which is actually plural as well. Interesting. Want to say Elohim together? One, two, three. Elohim. It's plural. It's deceptively translated. Tim's a Bible scholar. He could tell me if I'm close. But let us... Why does God say us? Who's he talking to? Let us make humankind in... There is the word again... Us and our image. Us and our. Us and our. Start here. Ready? Relationship reflects the nature of God. Relationship is the nature of God himself. What? Most of us... Let me start here. Who grew up in church? What church in your system? Uh... Who grew up in church? Who heard the term the Trinity? When, the Trinity. Now, you probably knew this. That's, that's a word that's not in the Bible. Um, but it's an idea. It's a concept. Who heard about this concept? Okay? Now, most of us we just can't quite figure this out. And so we've been to Sunday school. And Sunday school, they try all kinds of things. They th- think of God like, you know, it could be ice. And then it could be steam. And then it could be water. And we're trying to figure out ways of describing God. But can I... Can I say the problem with most of the ways we try to describe God is we start with one and then we try to make God three. We try to figure out how God is three. We, well there's only one God. There's God, there's one and then we try to work on making him three. What if you do it the other way? What if you start actually how Genesis 1:26 starts? You start with plural. God introduces himself as we. You know, we've been talking. You have? And we decided let's make some humankind in our image. Us and our. Us and our. It seems self description that God is a plurality. Are you with me? Historians call it the Trinity. Just start with a plurality. There, there's, a, there's a Greek word, perichoresis, and it means, it's where we get the word choreography, choreography. Now, this is important. Really, what we're learning is the nature of God is that God is dancing. No, you're like, Chris, no, he's not. No, he's not. But stay there. That's actually what we're learning. That the Son gives to the Father, the Father gives to the Son, the Spirit gives to the Father. The, and They just keep giving to each other. If, if, if I had them here, if, have you ever done the, uh, the back rub thing in a circle? You give this person a back rub, and this person's giving this person a back rub, and this person's But, you know, hopefully it comes back around. They say what goes around what? Comes around, right? By the way, this is... Also, very bad analogy, I know, if you're heavy in science, I know, very bad analogy, but close, this is kind of what an atom looks like. This is actually what the nature of the universe looks like. It's an interplay. Actually, what science is teaching us is stuff like this stage I'm standing on is actually a bunch of dancing, going very fast. Gary, am I close? Am I in the neighborhood? This guy worked at NASA right here, brothers and sisters. I'm in the neighborhood, he says. This is actually a bunch of stuff dancing so fast, so fast. They didn't get the fast part that well, as good of volunteers as they were. So fast, they're interacting with each other so fast that it becomes solid. That's actually the nature of matter itself. It's actually the nature of the universe. It's a huge dance. One of the problems, this is so important, is that we've put God up on a big throne, made him white for measure, right? Gave him a beard, and he looks down. Isn't he always looking down on everybody? He's male, he's white, he has a beard, he's on a throne, and he's up above everybody. Does that look anything like a dance party to you? When you're doing this, you're laughing, you're interacting, you're giving, you're taking. Is this true? What if the nature of God and the universe is not some static monarch above us? By the way, always with a pencil in hand, taking notes on our bad behavior. Is this true? But what if the nature of God is interaction? What if, think about this, we shouldn't keep thinking of God as plural, or God as one, but God as plural? Have you ever read the story in the Old Testament about when Abraham... Gets these visitors, and it says that the Lord, the angel of the Lord, came to visit Abraham. You ever read that? And um, now I, I remember as a young kid, I would read through the Bible constantly. I was always reading. It. I read it through every year and year after. And I would I mean, get to these parts, and I could never understand what in the world's going on because it sounds like God came to see him. And so Abraham goes in, tells Sarah to make some breakfast, and instead of making one plate. She makes what? Three. Well, I thought God came to visit. That is if your idea of God is one. Why are you making three plates if God came to visit? Let's be honest. If God came to visit you, how many plates would you make? One. Then you've got to set down Three. But if they're so close and so tight and so interacting, the three start to look like what? One. Just how a molecule is structured. If it's so intertwined, it looks like one. Do you guys remember? I think they're already out of favor, but do you remember like, like a couple of years ago when all the kids had the fidget spinners? Remember those? This little thing and it had three little prongs, but if you... Look it and spin it, it looks like it's one thing. The nature of God, and let me say this, the nature of the universe itself is relationship. It's interaction. Dare I say it's dancing? It's taking on and giving out. It's receiving. And the more you understand that this is how the whole universe works, then all of a sudden, you're in a position... To understand, that's why it's all about relationships. That's why you can't put your head in the sand about relationships and think, well, I'll just go make a bunch of money, and then I'll be happy. I'll just go pursue this, and then I'll be happy. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have the relationships, you're going against a dead end. But if you do prioritize the relationships... All of a sudden, you realize, you realize, it's like you wake up. It doesn't matter how much stuff you have. It just doesn't. You just don't care. All you really want, you see, you're asking the wrong question. All you really want, way down here, is a great conversation, is a hug, is someone to snuggle with, is someone to share a joke with, someone to laugh at your joke, all you really want is a relationship. In fact, that's all any of us really want. It gets masked by other things way too easily. But the reality is that's all that we want. What is then the nature of sin? Are you ready? This is so important. Write this down. Sin is when you step out of the dance. Anybody ever afraid to dance? huh a school play or the school dance or uh, you go everybody 's dancing everybody 's interacting, and you step out. Sin is literally when you block when you block the rhythm and you block the flow and as we've taught many times here you don't get punished for your sin you get punished by your sin this is a huge distinction I don't think it's taught well enough it's a huge distinction I hope you get here at Orchard Grove you're not punished for your sin most of you were raised that way right? hello? you're punished for your sin you do that one more time I'm going to lose my cool why, why were we taught this? Because that's how us humans' shortcoming parents, we lose our temper, we get to a certain, you, you cross the limit. I know a lot of you would say, no, I never do it in anger. I just go over there and lovingly go, whack, whack. Sure. Sure you do. So did your parents. The reality is there's a little, little bit of mixed uh, motives going on there. That's, that's okay. We're all human, right? We've all, we've all been raised that way. And, but the reality is that's not God. God's not so frustrated. You know what I mean? Like we have, a, we have Charlie. Know, she's five and a half months. And how many know they can try you? They get in like a cry mode and you just, just want to hold them like you're... I mean, you see her and all. She's like... She smiles at you, but, you know, she can cry. And then after a while, they get on your nerves, right? And then you literally have to do a handoff. Has anybody done this? Am I the only human in this place? Or what? You guys are acting like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they just cry and cry. And they just go, ah. So I don't strangle her. You take her for a walk. Oh, you guys are acting so self-righteous this morning. (laughs) It's so fun. So I don't strangle her. You take her for a walk. Okay. So what we do is then we project onto God, well, that must be how God is. You know, you did something wrong, so God's upset, so he's got to get back at you. He's got to punish you for your sins. And somehow, it makes God feel better, like God's some needy being. No, God doesn't punish you for your sins. We're punished by our sins. When you step out of the dance that's its own punishment. I'm not going to be nice to that person anymore. Anybody ever done this? I'm not going to play nice anymore. I'm not going to that party. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm so tired of these people. Anybody with me? And you start doing this, and the next thing you know you're over here and you're off in a corner all by your smug right cuz you're right. Way to be right. I did. I did a wedding last weekend, so I wasn't here. I was over in Grand Rapids, and uh, a family who've been a part of the church for a long, long time. Their daughter got married, and uh, at the at the rehearsal dinner, this dad, uh, the father of the groom, got up, and I didn't know him. And the parents here, who's they're part of Orchard Grove, they told me for a long time, "This is the greatest family." We've hit it off so much with this family. They started doing vacations together before the kids got married. The parents hit it off, and they are say, dear God, if they don't get married, we don't know what we're going to do. We've been going on vacation for four years together, right? And they were telling me how amazing this guy is, and he got up. And I'm telling you, it, I've done so many weddings. This was the most amazing speech I ever heard. The father of the groom got up at the dinner before, the, the rehearsal dinner, and he started talking to the kids that were getting married. And he said, "You know, when you guys start arguing, he goes, "Let me tell you how I did it." I always wanted to win. It was about winning. And somewhere along in my relationship, I learned this. When I win, I still don't win. Profound. Won the argument. Now oh, you can go sit in your lonely corner, can't you? And just pontificate about how right you were. It's really not about being right. It's about being a part. That is the nature of relationships is there's give and there's take. And it doesn't have anything to do with being right. Think about this. If you could just for a minute envision this you need to understand you're related to everybody on this planet you ever go to a family reunion and you're like oh there's Uncle Eddie (laughs) Uncle Eddie came now you're related to Uncle Eddie guess what every person in this room everyone you're related to everyone God forbid, every person on 696 tomorrow. That's Uncle Eddie. You're related to them. And what we like to think this is what's so important, if I could just, just set set the stage for this relationship series. We're gonna talk about how to navigate and communicate and all that. But you just need to understand this. You can't step out of the dance. You can't say I'm not playing. You can't say that's not my relative. You can't say that. You're related to them. You're related to people that you immediately have chemistry with and you're related to people that you can't stand. You're related to the people on the other side of the political aisle and you are related to other people on the side other side of a southern border and you are related to people on the other side of the ocean. You're related to them. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, we're all a part, we're all a part of what he called the body. The body. This is how it works. Is my finger separate from me or a part of me? That's a good question. We like to think of them as parts. Well, this is my finger. Or would I say, this is me. But the minute I take the finger away from the rest of me, it becomes what? Something for a horror house. (laughs) Right? Something to use at a Halloween. Once I take it apart, once I separate it, I can't separate it. In fact, when I separate it, it immediately starts to what? Die. Just ask Evander Holyfield while they had to put his ear on ice. Did you get that? I mean, okay. You got to keep, you got to reconnect it. Look, if you, but some of you say, no, I don't need to be connected to those people. I don't want to be connected to D- Do what you want. That's the, that's the thing about freedom. You can do what you want, but you're dying. No, I don't want to be, I don't want to like those people. Do what you want. Step out of the dance. But you're only killing who? The body lives. You don't pull yourself out. You don't pull yourself away. I want to keep reintroducing this idea. Maybe it'll be a book I'll write. From me to we. From me to we. What you and I have to realize is relationship is the nature of God, Relationship is the nature of the universe. Relationship is the nature of how everything works. And when you step out, when you step away, you die. One author I was reading said he interviewed a psychologist. And the psychologist said to him, all the neurotic, all the people with all kinds of what he called mental strong illnesses over his career. He said he learned they had one thing in common. And it was this, they were lonely. He said, whoa, that's like a big thing to say. I mean, should you really say that? That's like a cute... He said, I'm just telling you from my experience. They were lonely. And some people say, no, it's good. I'm just a loner. I just like... But is it that or is it that you can't get your way with everybody? So the minute you can't get your way, you step out of the dance. I'll give you one for the road. Philippians 2 and I'll just plant a seed for next week. Um, Paul writes, here's one thing that would complete my joy. Come together, get back in the dance. As one in mind and spirit and purpose, sharing in the same love. So Paul goes, it would make me so happy if you'd get back in the dance. Picture this: Paul is like a parent to this church in Philippi, and could you imagine if you'd watch your kids playing? All the kids are playing in the backyard. You've seen this before, and you've got three or four or five or some. of You got eight kids, right? And eight is enough, by the way. And you, you, one of them—just kidding—steps out over here and doesn't play. What does your heart do as a parent? Doesn't your heart immediately break for the kid that's out here? Whether he got hurt and now he's sitting out, you know. You're like, I want you to be in the dance. I want you to be in the game. Paul goes, make my joy complete by being in there. Now watch this. Don't let, right, selfishness and prideful agendas take over. Well, I don't want to dance like that. I want to dance like this. Uh, This is what I want. I, I, I. The minute you focus and obsess on I, you're not focused on the we, you're focused on the me. He says embrace true humility. Now watch this. Lift your heads to extend love to others. Let's say this together. Lift your heads to extend love to others. All right, I'm over time, but I got to be done. Here, listen. This is all I want to say today. This is all I want to say. Lift your head. Get your head up. Who played sports? My coach constantly. Get your head up. Kramer, get your head up. Get your head up. Why? Anybody play basketball? Hockey? Skating with your head down? Now, listen, it's important. If you dribble with your head down, if you skate with your head down, it's because you're still obsessed with what? Yourself. You haven't reached a level. I'm just telling you, like, you aren't at a skill level where you can put your head up. If you're good, you, you know where the ball is all the time. You're looking around, looking for players, you're looking for your teammates, you're dribbling behind your back. But I know where the ball is here because I've mastered this level. So I don't need to go like this. Where's the ball? I can put my head, what? Up. If my head's up, I can notice the teammates around me. I can find someone who's open or who's potentially open. If you're playing hockey and you're skating with your head down, right, now they're going to get creamed, but you can't find an open guy. You have to be good enough to get your head what? We got to get rid of this level. Go learn how to dribble. Go get this level taken care of. Get self taken care of and out of the way so you can go to the level where you can put your head up and realize there's other people here. There's other people here. You ever notice people that aren't aware of others? Huh? You're in a coffee shop they get a phone call. Ah, oh, Bill! A oh, Bill! Bill! Dear God, is it like... <laughs> has anybody ever been there? Like, dear God, you're not the only person here. Have you ever had that experience or no? Is it just me? It's like, okay, can we... I mean, when they get a call, it's like, shut the place down. You know, you're on an airplane, and I got a bag, and they're just whacking everybody in the aisle, you know, and everybody's talking, and like, please be aware that there are, there, here's the key to relationships. We're going it's just, it's so basic. We're going to start here. There are other people. We're just going to start there, like baby steps. There are other people, and those other people have feelings, and they have space, and they're there, and they have ears. and That's why they call it a relationship, not a dictatorship. You're going to fight against something in relationships. This is so important. I don't know if we're going to get this. This is what you're going to fight against, your American upbringing. You've been so bred in individualism in freedom. I'm all for freedom. Freedom is, I don't have to dance. You're right, you don't have to. Then I don't want to. Individualism. You've been so and It's so brainwashed in you. You don't even know how it's destroying you because why? You fight back against everything that's not your way. And it got America where we are economically. It got America to a lot of places. But listen, there's an undercurrent there. There's a, there's a negative that, like they call it the law of unintended consequences. I'm myself. I can do what I want. But that's not really what you want. What you really want is to also Submit. What you really want is to not get your way because the only way you're going to have a relationship is if you don't get your way all the time. Lift your head. There's other people. There's other people in the room. There's other people at work. There's other people in your family. And then Paul goes on. He writes this. Get beyond yourself. Go from me to we. Verse 4. Get beyond yourself and protecting your own interests. Ready? Be sincere and secure your neighbor's interests first. Ready? In other words, adopt the mindset of Jesus. Live with his attitude in your heart. And then we're gonna gonna explore from there. Simple message. God is relationship. You see. God is plural, but so tightly wound. I and the Father are one, Jesus said, but so tightly wound together that they're one. It's a mystery. What God wants is us. He says, let, remember the first verse? Let us make man in our image. That what, We're the same way. We want to, we crave to be so tightly wound that we can't even tell the difference between us and the people that Now listen, because we're built this way, because that's your DNA relationship, you will do some crazy things. You will settle for some really surfacey stuff, which is why there's the Facebook friend phenomenon. Can I do you a solid? Those are not your friends. No matter what Mark Zuckerberg says, Now, they could be. You could have a couple of friends in there. I'm not going to say you don't have any friends in there, but I got to do you a solid this morning. Those are not your friends. Do yourself a favor. Friends, in other words, we start to we we take shallow, surfacey people that like me and like my likes, and that's not friendship, and it's not intimacy, which is really what you want. The people that are intimate in your life, they got to dance with. And if you dance with them, it means you've got to give them some room, too. Listen, friends, listen. It's all about relationship. That's, all, that's what it is. That's what life is. And so we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about it from all these different angles. But I, I need you to just understand one thing. The first step is you've got to lift your head. You've got to know that there's other people. And all, when you lift your head, you've got to go, wow. Cousin Eddie. Go figure. They have different skin colors. They have different likes. They vote for different people. It doesn't matter. They're your your cousin. Hey, cuz. How you doing? And don't step out of the dance. Even when you get hurt. Even when they're not dancing to your music. Don't step out. Because that's its own punishment. Standing in the corner by yourself. All we have to work with are imperfect people. That's all you got, man. All you got me, imperfect pastor? I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine having a perfect pastor? What the heck would you do? A perfect husband or perfect kids? You don't have that's not an option. Did you get that? That's a non option. All we got is to dance with our beautiful imperfections.